was our wake up bells there. As we always say. Actually, they're, they're probably ringing outside. Right. Uh, what time is it? Five o'clock? Five o' eight. Five o' eight. No, no. They actually usually go like a minute or two. Or a minute? Like a minute early, I would say. Um, but uh, that, yeah, that is our wake up call here. And. Uh, and uh, we're ready to talk about the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, this is a this is a grand chapter. So so we actually have our, our a guest podcaster here, the famed Farmer John. Actually, we yeah, talked we, about we you, talked the famed Farmer John. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I'm yes, honored. Some of these people might know know you, but um, I mean, know of you. They might know you too. You never know. No, uh, it is Atchison, right? Yeah. That's um, true. <laughs> true. Oh, any of them are graduates of Marham Academy in your classes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe not. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I don't. I mean, I don't remember who signed up for this podcast completely. Yeah. And and better question, who's actually still with us? <laughs> yeah, because we've lost. We we yeah, lost a lot of people on the, the way. Heart, but the heart is uh, the heart is willing. But the but flesh is weak. The, really. the, the book's like <laughs> 900 pages. <laughs> <laughs> John Newman, who's, who lives right next door to Dr. Jager, who both of them live across the street from me, uh, uh, John has come. He's been reading with us, and uh, we're going to talk Grand Inquisitor today because it's uh, probably the most famous chapter of the book, I would say. Right? Yeah, I bet so. And um, I actually saw there, um, when I taught high school back in Virginia at the Dominicans, uh, Nashville Dominican School there, they... They had a very sparse library, um, but one of the things they had in the library was a comic book edition of the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> a comic book? Comic book. But the drawings were very well done, uh, and I remember I refused to read it because I was like, I'm not just going to read that. I don't remember what that chapter is about, I'm not going to read you know, a comic book mm-hmm. version of, of one chapter of the Brothers of Karamazov. But actually, I thought about it as I was reading this this time, and I thought, I want to get a hold of that now after I've, you know actually worked through this much the brothers and I've read this in, in its proper context mm-hmm. I want to see what the, what the comic book looks like because I, I remember the pictures being pretty pretty well done yeah so uh, along similar lines I'll make sure that we can start actually talking about the Grand <laughs> <laughs> so I have to load these um, not really videos but I have to make them a video to put on YouTube for okay. people to listen to right uh-huh. um, and um, there's the uh you know, you also might be interested in these videos. Yep. And there's the, um, what are they called? The Thug Notes uh, <laughs> Summary of the Brothers Karamazov. And I believe there's one just on the Grand Inquisitor. Have, have you watched this? No. no but <laughs> I'm very tempted. Can, can you pause this podcast? Is <laughs> yeah. that possible? Yeah, Actually, maybe we should just end and refer you to the Thug Notes for this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he goes through all the, the guy that runs this goes through all like the classics. Um, I mean, he must be. He, I mean, there's you know probably two million times more listeners to his yeah, oh summaries yeah. and oh, yeah. I'm ours, sure. but I'm sure. Yeah, um, I'm sure. So that, if you're looking for additional resources, I doubt <laughs> he starts it with Russian chant. It's probably more like uh, some classic Dr. Dre or something. Snoop. <laughs> Snoop. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Does that make us cool to talk about that, or is that like not? No, cool I. Well, I don't know. That's. that's it's like retro now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so the Grand Inquisitor is kind of in the it's in the middle of the conversation the conversation that Alyosha and um, Ivan are having, uh, and it's it it seems so you have you have the question of of 
why why would you have this order? Why would you believe in one who has sort of ordained the world to go this way? And at the end, Alyosha says, "Oh, you've forgotten him. Uh, on him is built the edifice, um, and that's because he's innocent and has sort of taken on all of the suffering of the whole world." Um, and then the Grand Inquisitor is the address to that point that Alyosha made. It's it's sort of a reply mm-hmm. in some in some sense you can think of it as a reply. It, I, I think it's ultimately Ivan's Ivan's reply his atheistic I mean I don't know if he even calls himself atheistic. Really not, right? Just maybe a a, a rebel, right? It's strange to characterize. Yeah. Yeah. So I, let's let's call him a rebel. It's it's his rebellious reply to Jesus Christ as the answer to his catalog of children's suffering. Right. I have a, a a bit of a question. How earnestly do we read the Grand Inquisitor as his response? Because even at at the end of uh, the rebellion chapter. Mm-hmm. When he says, "Oh, you know, I was waiting for you to bring him up. Oh, yeah, I've got a response for him. Uh, you know, you're you're, you're a sinless one." It, it reminds me of too many conversations I think I had in university with atheists or agnostic friends of mine, uh, who who were just trying to like entrap you. Oh, I've got the response here. Yeah. So that's why I, I I even started reading this chapter with a grain of salt, thinking, uh-huh. "Okay, this is Yvonne's response," but. I don't. I don't know how much even he really believes this. Yeah. Or if it's just it's well, it very kinda, clever. It kind of goes back to where uh, we're, we're. I think we were talking about this last podcast where Ivan and Zosima are talking about his chapter on church and state. There's his article on church and state, mm-hmm. and Zosima basically says the same thing. He says, "You don't. You don't even believe this. You just do this to distract so, your heart." And this is, so this, yeah, I, I. I think that's. I think that's right. Um, so just as um, um, it seems like what's what's being proposed here is a view of Christianity through the the, the Grand Inquisitor mm-hmm. that is um, about an idea. So it's it's like sort of making Christianity an idea, and so in some ways Christ isn't really that central to Christianity. All you really need is the idea of Christ, not Christ right. himself. Um, and I think um, uh, there's somewhere towards the end uh, of this this chapter that made me think that um, that's exactly what Ivan himself is thinking kind of about his own view of of things that that so he's sort of toying with the idea is this what I'm proposing here that Christianity is just an idea that people have is that just my idea is that like sort of my ideology of things and I think like, like my false understanding of Christianity or something well um, yeah kind of I mean you might you might think um, another way to put it would be is is rebellion or a- atheism is that itself also an, an ideology that, mm-hmm. that I have that mm-hmm. sort of is becoming the modern the modern way to, to have this this um, idea of Christianity now, now it's certainly unique and, and novel for the, the time at least more so um, 
uh, more more novel then than it is now. But I think he is, is sort of toying with this idea, and he's throughout the next. This is this is right before we started this. I, I think the next two chapters um, are significant because you kind of get into the mind of Ivan, and you realize that he's um, kind of struggling with this idea that he proposes mm -hmm. in the Grand Inquisitor because. At the end, uh, he, he says, I'm not really sure um, that it would be possible to really love uh, without, without God, and yet I think I can still love the sticky leaves and uh, mm -hmm. what have you because I remember you, Alyosha. You're the mm -hmm. one that sort of gives me this. So I, I, I think he's toying with this idea of, of a, a type of atheism or a rebellion or whatever you want to call it, um, or a rejection of Christianity, and at the same time knowing that um, the old, that way of life seems to be not practical. So just as his rejection of Christianity is a practical atheism, mm -hmm. uh, his sort of commitment to Christianity is also quasi-practical as well, because he sort of has this commitment to Alyosha. So, I, I think he's torn. I don't know. I don't know how to, the best way to put it, but he seems torn between. Um, do I really believe this or not? And you get that throughout all of his academic stuff. He seems torn whether uh -huh. this is really what I what I believe. Does this really express my thoughts or not? Um, I don't. I don't know. So I, I, that's that's the sort of. I'm call it. The, the upshot of, of this chapter was um, Ivan's left with un unease about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I think it's... Um, which I think goes, mm -hmm. goes along with what you were saying. So he starts it kind of not, not really like, oh, I don't really believe this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, but, but more like, I believe this, but in a mysterious, as we referred to the last time, in this mysterious way, it's unclear whether or not I actually really believe it. And he doesn't, may never even specify to himself that I don't believe this, but he kind of more feels that he doesn't believe it than he ever like explicitly brings it up. Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to that, at the end of chapter three, which is the Brothers Make Friends, where he says, uh, perhaps I want to be healed by you, and then smiles suddenly, right? And so I think that there's something, there's something about him saying everything that he's saying before Alyosha, who he really maybe loves, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think I want to say loves and, and maybe doesn't know what that means uh, because he wants Alyosha to sort of fix his unease or not mm -hmm. fix it, but maybe like have a response to why am I so, why am I living in this? As, as, as Alyosha calls it, calls it this hell in your heart and in your head. I, I think he, he recognizes that's what he's living and he wants Alyosha to, I mean this is one possible interpretation, that, that he wants Alyosha to be, to give him the response that makes him stop worrying about the idea of the Grand Inquisitor and, and, and the problem of freedom and the weak slaves of, of humanity. Yeah, so I don't know if you have the same book, because 291, um, it's like right at the end uh, of, of, well, of the chapter, but after he ends the, the, uh, the poem, I guess, he, um, 
Alyosha says, um, let's see, uh, this is yeah, right in the middle. Um, the old man longed for him to say something, however bitter and terrible, but he suddenly approached the old man in silence and softly kissed him on his bloodless, aged lips. That was all his answer. Um, and then, what you have, after that, Alyosha seems sort of perturbed by this. Uh, and Ivan says, um, the kiss glows in his heart, but the old man adheres to his idea. Uh, and you with him, you too, cried Alyosha mournfully. Um, and then um, Ivan's like, look, don't get so uptight about this whole thing. This is just a silly poem. I'm just proposing, I'm just floating an idea out. Don't, 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 don't think this is like, you know, to, to lose your life over uh, and then, <laughs> and yet he says he's going to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but and then at the and then at the bottom, uh, Alyosha's response after Ivan tries to like calm, uh, Ivan tries to calm Alyosha down. Um, but this, but the little sticky leaves and the precious tombs and the blue sky and the woman you love. How will you live? How will you love them? And then that's the line with, with the hell in your heart. But it looks like just as the old man, the Grand Inquisitor, had this idea, Ivan himself has this idea that he's adhering to. Um, and it looks like what Alyosha is saying is you can't live with that. Like that's not, that's only going to lead to um, death. Like that's going to be a unbearable type of life. And Ivan thinks, no, it's not. You can bear it with the strength of the Karamazov. Right, right. Karamazov basis. Mm. Which is basically with the strength of sin, you can you can live to it. You just have to be an ardent enough um, Sinner, <laughs> and you can you can you can endure which without which, which is Fyodor, right? I mean, he almost is as much as he hates his father. He almost is saying that that's the only way to live authentically, is to live this life of total debauchery and uh, baseness. Because maybe it's true to true to yourself, given this whole schema of 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 what life is about, right? That the Grand Inquisitor sort of proposes. But I don't know. But of course, Alyosha is kind of the answer. But we should get into like what the Grand Inquisitor says, because <laughs> just as I thought, just as I thought, the Rebellion chapter was like, gosh, I got to. I mean, I've had thoughts like this before. I got to think about this. So this one is is very interesting, mm -hmm. and and to me, it seems to hinge on on an anthropology that uh, assumes the weakness of man, right? Um, and the inability of man to be able to take the dread gift, or however he puts it, of, of freedom. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, like, I, especially where he talks about, I mean, I'm really sort of disturbed by all of this because it's hard to, again, it's hard to argue with this stuff. Um, how he says, you know, um, I'm trying to find the section where he talks about. So Christ comes and he has his elect and the few, the, the, the thousands that, ha, that he, de but he doesn't love all the weak ones who can't take up the cross, basically. Mm -hmm. And that the Grand Inquisitor says, but I, I am the one who's going to love all of those whom you won't love. You're the weak. Right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not that he's rejecting Christianity, the Grand Inquisitor is not rejecting Christ because he thinks 
uh, everything is rot. Although he kind of does because he says in the end, like they'll die and that's it, right? So there's no immortality, right? This mm-hmm. is this is one of the big themes of the book. Um, but he seems to to still want to do this for the sake of what he's calling love of the weak ones who can't endure the cross, the 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 terrible freedom that that Christ is sort of dies for to give to people, right? Uh, so, so page 286 right here where, where he's sort of talking about riding the beast and raising the cup with mystery written on it. Right? Obviously the language is from the book of Revelation, right? the, the whore of Babylon. Um, sort of in the middle of that page he says, um, well a little bit before that, uh, for who can rule men if not he who holds their conscience and their bread in his hands? Right? The first two temptations. We have taken the sword of Caesar, and in taking it, of course, we have rejected thee and followed him. So he, he gets into this idea that he's sort of like, like Satan is the one who really loves, because he loves the weak ones. Mm-hmm. Um, moving a little bit further. And we shall sit upon the beast, raise the cup, and on it will be written mystery. But then, and only then, the reign of peace and happiness will come for men. Thou art proud of thine elect, but thou hast only the elect, while we give rest to all. Right? And so it's this idea that freedom is not a gift because most people are slaves. And uh, most people don't want freedom because it's going to lead them to kill each other. The only way to make people happy is to take away their freedom. And then they become free in their obedience to the ones who take their freedom upon themselves, right? which uh, Ivan takes as being sort of the... Uh, it's funny, three Catholics here talking. Uh, as being the, the, the uh, hierarchy of the Catholic Church, right? Um, who's taking the taking the freedom on themselves? Uh, but there is this like, I mean, the way he kind of talks about what happens when you give everybody freedom, and he has this low view of man, um, which is very strongly based in original sin. I mean, I think about myself and, and my own low view of myself. Uh, the next page, in the middle of it, he has this great line talking about complete submission and how that's that's the only thing that's going to bring them happiness. Then we shall give them the quiet, humble happiness of weak creatures such as they are by nature. Um, and so there's this idea that only the, only the super strong can really take on freedom and live it. There's got to be a lot of Nietzsche behind it. I mean, not behind this, because Nietzsche... It was after. It was after, right? Yeah. But I mean, there's this a lot is, of Dostoevsky behind Nietzsche. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or at least Dostoevsky and... and Anticipated what Nietzsche was going to do, which I think is the entire Delubach section in the drama of atheist yeah. humanism on Dostoevsky as prophet. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what you guys think of this. Like, isn't it true that we are indeed weak, and that the vast majority of people uh, are are in a sense sheep, who and I'm not necessarily not including myself in this, who are incapable of of living their lives in a way that they control themselves, let alone uh, live authentically in the world. And it's so, it, it, in a sense, it seems like it's, it is a gift to remove the burden, as he puts it, right? The burden of freedom from them, take it on their own backs for the sake of their own happiness, which is ultimately not real happiness, right? Because he says on the next page after that, uh, beyond the grave, they will find nothing but death, but we shall keep the secret and for their happiness, we shall allure them with the reward of heaven and eternity, right? Just so that they can be happy now. Um, there seems to be, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm Ivan here, there seems to be something true in this, in this explanation of man and something 
I, I don't want to use the word altruistic, but there's something uh, loving in, in, in the way that the Grand Inquisitor is sort of explaining what he's doing for these people. Now, I don't think it has to be based in, uh, in, in a rejection of immortality. I think it could be based in some sort of a, an understanding that, you know, just this low anthropology that man is, man is incapable of this, of this great gift. I don't know. I don't know. I'm well, pontificating here. Well, it seems like you're either rejecting the idea of, say, Christ's divinity, you know, which the Grand Inquisitor doesn't seem to do at all. There's Christ in front of him, and he still addresses him as the Son of God, um, albeit the, the less wise of the two in the temptation. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, in, it's in, rebellion. In no, it's not atheism. Exactly, right? Because in nowhere does, does um, Yvonne say, I, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in, in, in who Christ is. But... Um, yeah, but he doesn't accept his world. He rejects his world. So you're, you're so committed to an idea that you have, but it's an idea that seems to be rooted in compassion. Uh, and I think that's partly where he seems like, a, as a Russian atheist, he's very, very emotional. Um, <laughs> it, this is not, you know, you can see that he's, he's flirting with Western ideas, but he's not, uh, he's not totally given over to just pure cold reason he's he's really feeling his way through all of this mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it does seem like he is the more compassionate one um, but this is assuming that we're, we're judging the success in people's lives and their happiness based on their their deeds their acts the outcomes um, and that well just like Ivan has a personal encounter with Christ through Alyosha but chooses to to hold on to as ideas it's sort of daring him you know like well, well yeah maybe maybe you can heal me yeah uh so the grand inquisitor has a personal encounter with christ and just talk 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 talk, talk <laughs> which i think we can all identify with in prayer. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah so i i i don't know i i'm i'm highly skeptical that uh how, how do you measure success? If success is you give everybody freedom and they choose to do to do the right thing yeah, and yeah. there is the right outcome, but uh, but there's no real encounter with with God. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I mean maybe I'm looking for uh, maybe I'm doing what Ivan's doing and I'm expecting an answer that's not a kiss. What what you want? Your uh, Ivan's looking for a logical response to a theological problem. He's saying, what's two plus two? Blue. <laughs> it seems that, that that's what I got through all, all of mistake. rebellion and, and this was, it seems very clever. And I think the fact that Ivan is still steeped in the tradition of the faith enough to, to make this critique from within, it seems, right? Where I think a lot of modern atheism just makes the critique entirely from without because mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't even enter in. He's entering in and seems to be you know, knocking down the walls from the yeah. inside. Which is all the more devastating. I mean, so I, I so uh, when I was reading this, I was thinking, um, so what is what is freedom? What is so what is freedom for um, that that Christ, you know, suffered these three temptations to to merit merit freedom for, for us and what 
what's the, the point of that? And I, I want to, I want to say that it, it's, it was for the sake of bringing to fruition the, the, the sole mission of Christ, which was, you know, to, to die on the cross. Uh, and so that, that means that freedom is for the sake of being able to love. It's being able to be compassionate. And it looks like what uh, the Grand Inquisitor is suggesting is, no, you can be compassionate without freedom. You actually don't need freedom in order to, to truly suffer for another or to, to, to love another or what have you. And so I think it's kind of proposing, is it possible to love without Christ? And, and it looks like the Grand Inquisitor is saying, sure it is. And in fact, Christ kind of gets in the way of actually people being able to love, mm -hmm. where um, it, it looks like Alyosha, I mean, at the end of the chapter, is saying, no, like, it's not possible to love without Christ. Um, this is, you know, how will you love them that sticky leaves and women, you know, you know. Um, and, and so I think... Women, not women. Well, I mean... I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to get to the I, I'm making, the, I'm making <laughs> the whole thing generic. <laughs> <laughs> in particular to the show. It's an induction. Um, <laughs> good, good catch. Um, so, so I, I, I mean, I, I'm inclined to think that this, this is a proposal of um, the modern, the modern idea, uh, which is, can you, can you set up the, 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 the Tower of Babel, set up the church, set up everything that that's near and dear to thousands of years and yet have the death of God, have have Christ sort of fall out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And it seems that's what socialism, the sort of the, the, the communist ideal that's sort of right. in the waters right. uh, is apparently doing. And, and that, that came a lot earlier on in the book. Um, and it, I think it's it's still it's still coming. And mm -hmm. it's I mean it's very central to demons and a lot of his other works. So I, I, I'm inclined to think that the, 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 the idea of, of having freedom and say, like, what, what good is freedom? It seems that it's not, it's not possible to have any type of love at all without freedom. Mm -hmm. And therefore, uh, you, 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 you can't um, have freedom without uh, this type of, this type of um, uh, Christ undergoing the temptations and, and what have you. So it looks like Christianity is the only way to be free. It it seems. Um, and therefore, and, the only way to love. And the only way to love. And therefore, the only way to really be happy. But yeah, who, but who needs love when you can have the a cheaper. Yeah, like happiness, like you know, when you can have a bit of compassion. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so I think that's that's what's being proposed here. And I think I even I even sort of identifying here's this alternative that the vast majority of people aren't going to be able to know the difference between because I mean, you know, here here behind behind closed doors, uh, the Grand Inquisitor can sort of spot the difference. Here I'm proposing mm -hmm. the simulacra and you're proposing genuine love, but no one's really going to want genuine love. And in fact, the common people um, aren't going to really be able to have the strength to actually sacrifice their lives and actually mm -hmm. do all that mm -hmm. painful stuff. So I'm going to provide them 
with with the the broad brushstrokes of what love looks like. Bread and circuses. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and. And, and the, the, the commoners, they're not going to know. But I think Alyosha is saying, no, the commoners will know because mm-hmm. the commoners, the commoners uh, suffer, the commoners love, uh, or at least they want to. Uh, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm seeing you have two, these two characters, the Grand Inquisitor and Christ, proposing what... Um, I mean, one way to think of it maybe is one is, is sort of an ideology of love, the other's actual like flesh and blood love, which is not, not pleasant, um, you can put it that way, it doesn't feel good, but, um, and so I, I, I think that's what's being proposed, and, and why would you choose one over the other? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we get necessarily get an answer here, but, but I think the book, and especially the next, the next book, when you move to Zosima, mm-hmm. I think you get this glimpse as to why one would find it um, appealing, not appealing, find it better to, to, to choose um, one over the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I, this, the ending I think is actually really important uh, of this chapter, just because I think it does kind of give an answer where, you know, going back to your idea, Jager, about the idea versus Christianity is an idea versus being an incarnational reality, or like you were saying, John, a, an encounter. It seems like Alyosha plagiarizing <laughs> at the uh-huh. end, right? Which I love that. That's plagiarism when he kisses him, <laughs> no, right? Sure. Um, but yet he recognizes that that's, and, and Ivan does too, right? That that's, that's the true Christian response. Right? It's not a, an apologetic against like, why what you're doing is wrong, which is kind of what I was asking for in my big long tirade just a second ago. Um, but it's instead, it's it's this it's this just active love. I mean, that's and, and that's the words of Zosima, right? Active mm-hmm. love. That's what he says. Yeah, that's how you know immortality. Yeah, that's how you know freedom and happiness and love and all that, right? And so Alyosha, who is truly, uh, I mean, I, I've seen this already a number of times, he's truly a son of Zosima, right? He, he, he lives and thinks and acts like, like Zosima has sort of like already shown us what Christianity is supposed to be, how he explains it and talks about active love to Madame Holikov. And uh, it seems like Alyosha is sort of like really Zosima's, Zosima's child, like the incarnation of Zosima's philosophy. Um, and so him standing up and kissing Ivan I think is his ultimate response. I mean, he doesn't do it quite at the beginning, right? He starts sort of arguing, uh, but then he sort of ends it by, by doing that. And I think that the, that the, you know, it was an effective argument. That's not an argument, right? Um, because what does is, what is, what is, uh, Ivan say at the end? I mean, I think this, let me just read this paragraph because I think it's really, it really shows that, that, that the Zosima way is what true Christianity is. And it almost seems like Ivan, I mean, not quite understands it completely, but maybe mysteriously starts to begin to understand, even though he's still planning on dashing the cup yeah. at 30, right? So can, can you start, I mean, can you just read a, I, I think, up here? Um, where it begins with, um, um, in, in the Karamazov way again. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty far up, but. Right here, in the Karamazov way. But I think, I think this whole, this, All right, here we this go. whole, I'm gonna read a page. Oh man! I'm gonna read a page. Okay. Well, I mean, this is, we only have one 
one chapter talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So here we go. Uh, in the Karamazov way again, right? That's how he's going to escape the evil, right? Everything is lawful, you mean. Everything is lawful. Is that it? Ivan scowled and all at once straight, turned strangely pale. Ah, you've caught up yesterday's phrase which so offended Musov and which Dmitri pronounced upon, pounced upon so naively and paraphrased. He smiled queerly. Yes, if you like, everything is lawful, since the word has been said. I won't deny it, and Mitya's version isn't bad. Ayesha looked at him in silence. I thought, I thought that going away from here, I have at least, I have you at least, Ivan said suddenly with unexpected feeling. But now I see there's no place for me even in your heart, my dear hermit. The formula, all is lawful. I won't renounce. Will you renounce me for that? Yes? Alyosha got up and went to him and softly kissed him on the lips. That's plagiarism, cried Ivan, highly delighted. You stole that from my poem. Thank you, though. That's interesting. Thank you. Though. Get up, Alyosha. It's time we were going, both of us. They went out but stopped when they reached the entrance of the restaurant. Listen, Alyosha, Ivan began in a resolute voice. If I am really able to care for the sticky little leaves, I shall only love them remembering you. It's enough for me that you are somewhere here, and I shan't lose my desire for life yet. Is that enough for you? Take it as a declaration of love, if you like. And now you go to the right, and I go to the left. And it's enough, do you hear? Enough. I mean, even if I don't go away tomorrow, I think I certainly shall go. And we meet again. Don't say a word more on these subjects. I beg that particularly. And about Dmitri too. I ask you specially never to speak to me again, he added with a sudden irritation. It's all exhausted. It has all been said over and over again, hasn't it? And I'll make you one promise in return for it. When at 30, I want to dash the cup to the ground. Wherever I may be, I'll come to have one more talk with you, even though it were from America. You may be sure of that. I'll come on purpose. It will be very interesting to have a look at you, to see what you'll be by at that time. It's a rather solemn promise, you see. And we really may have maybe parting for seven years or ten. And then he sends him off, sends him off to Zosima. But he does ask him to kiss him once more. Yeah. Right. So I think, and, and, and maybe you have stuff to say about the, what's before this. But I think this last, this last, the last words of Ivan here are really important because he says, "Yes, I can love the sticky leaves, but only remembering you." And that somehow it's Alyosha. That is the answer to the entire diatribe in the last two chapters, Rebellion and the Grand Inquisitor. And that uh, he even says it's a declaration of love to Alyosha, right? He's saying, I love because, because of you, because of who you are. Um, and, and then he makes this, this, I think, even more revealing, solemn promise that when I'm at 30 and I'm about to basically end it all, I promise I'll find you wherever you are and we will talk one more time basically like about real things like like he says all russians do <laughs> um always stupidly <laughs> stupidly yeah. is better though real right? thing than stupid yeah so so he i mean he has this idea that uh when he decides he's going to kill himself he's going to talk to alyosha once more i think with some sort of an idea that you can you could you could pull me out of this right because it seems like he has pulled him to the point where he can love the sticky leaves and really love yeah. Alyosha. You love a person, right? It, so, I mean, you've been waiting for me to say this, I'm sure, but this reminds me of, of um, Plato. Uh, <laughs> very, yeah. Uh, but, so, when you, so, where you have 
So wait, so wait, the Plato the Plato podcast turned into the Dostoevsky podcast. Now the Dostoevsky yeah. podcast is yeah. turning into the Plato podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's, right. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, but so uh, towards the bottom of two ninety two, where you just read, if I really, if I am really able to care for the sticky little leaves, I shall only love them, remembering you. Uh, and this is a, a huge theme throughout Plato's works that the idea of of the remembrance of the forms, um, you know, you don't really learn, come to know the forms. You, you sort of always know them, and that the things you see and that you start to make sense of remind you of a higher truth that you kind of have always known, just sort of lost sight of. And so the stuff before you is like a mirror of of, of a higher, truer, realer mm-hmm. world. And and I and I think what what you have here is. Um, this is this is apparently an admission of theism here. I think I think the fact that Ivan is able to love the world because of Alyosha is to say he's able to love the world because of Alyosha's love of the world, which is because of Christ's love of the world, mm-hmm. right? And so, mm-hmm. I, I, or actually, Zosima's love of the world, which is. So I think what what you what you sort of have, and now Ivan of course isn't saying this, but I think that's there's nothing, there's apparently nothing that says you have to be able to perfectly articulate what's behind this love in order for you to to accept it mm-hmm. um, or live by it. And mm-hmm. I think what what you what you kind of get is at least the openness to living. In this way, by um, Ivan, and that's that's has nothing to do with the ideas of Christianity. It just has to do with this one person that's before him, and it's the way of Alyosha, which seems to be the way that he is um, open to. Uh, and it 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 seems that this is this has been shown him, and everything can be made sense of through a remembrance of of him, mm-hmm. Alyosha. And Alyosha's going to say, yeah, but I'm just doing this because Zosima. it was made sense to me by Zosima. Mm-hmm. And Zosima, as we'll see, is doing it because it made sense to him by his brother. And so I think what you have is this this life of love being passed down. And so the world is making by sense. By encounter. Yeah, and so there's always, but it's always within this 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 mystery about I'm not exactly sure what's really behind this, but what's right in front of me is what makes sense of it. It sort of opens me up to this much more mysterious mm-hmm. way of living. I don't know. So it, it, it seemed that it was it was a um, an admission in some sense of of um, of love, which is ultimately an admission of. Christ. I mean, I th- if God is love, then it turns out. I think this. I think this paragraph that that he said, where he almost challenges Alyosha to give him a final yeah, answer, right? And he mm-hmm. says, "Look, you're going to have to reject me because because yeah. I don't accept. I don't accept what you accept. So you, yeah. you have to reject me. And and the only thing he does is what Christ did to the Grand Inquisitor, right? Right. Uh, but but it's interesting the way that he says it, right? I see. There's no place for me even in your heart. But but I don't think he thinks that. I think he's saying that to get a response from Alyosha because if you even even the way that he 
asks the question at the end. The formula, all is lawful, I won't renounce. Will you renounce me for that? Yes. I mean, even that, like, um, uh, what's, the, uh, there's probably a grammatical term for this, John, you would know, right? Where, where you ask a question and you assume a certain response. You know what I'm talking about? Reading, uh... Where you assume yes or you assume no, right? Sure. I, I, I know that there's like specific Latin constructions in that, and, and, and you know like 50 languages. So. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, you might be able to recite this in Russian for us, actually. But, but how he assumes this, like, he says, will you renounce me for that yes? But I, I wonder what that yes means. Like, I, it's almost like, I hope you don't say yes, because if you don't say yes, then it's almost like he has hope. Mm-hmm. That, that, that the diatribe of the last two chapters is actually false. And the fact that Alyosha does the kiss, it seems to be, like you said, an omission of love. And therefore, I think it, it seems to be a hope that he gives yeah. him. I mean, so, so mm-hmm. you, get the, you get a lot of torment in, in Ivan here, right? So the reason I wanted you to, to read up there, one of the reasons was, I mean, after he says, look, the way, the way to live is to embrace the Karamazov way. And then and he says, Alyosha says, you mean everything's lawful then? And, and then Ivan scowled and all at once turned strangely pale. So it seems that this, this idea also sickens him. The mm-hmm. idea that's completely behind his entire way of life mm-hmm. brings him like discomfort. It, 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 it's unsettling to him. And that's when he then transitions to say, but because this is what I accept, you have to reject me or will you? And, and it's maybe realizing this is the consequences of my my worldview um but it seems that these are consequences that he's not happy with Mm -hmm. and so he's sort of hoping uh there's something something else else, yeah but i don't don't know i don't know but it i mean you get you get what seems to be a complete turnover from the top of 292 to the bottom of 292 Mm -hmm. with You've got to just hold on to baseness, and then at the bottom, after Alyosha kisses him, no, you can actually love things because of because of you. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like since he finishes the poem of the Grand Inquisitor, Ivan, I read him as being very aloof, and he's sort of gleeful, and you know, okay, now the ball's in Alyosha's court where he's supposed to give a response, mm-hmm. right? And and he and he knows that he's trying to to elicit that, and then he, he has these moments where he gets serious, uh, or you know, he, he scowls, right? Uh, the the thought of everything is lawful, but I I don't know, I I don't read him quite as earnestly as as we've been discussing him right here. I think that. Um, I think he's being very playful, even when when he says, "Okay, well, this is what I believe. I won't renounce the formula." So, like, you you're gonna reject me because then he just flits from that back to, um, "I I will really be able to care for the sticky little leaves, you know, loving them, only remembering you." Which, what does it mean for Ivan to be loving the sticky little leaves? I think that to be using the term love to mean the active love that Alyosha has. For everyone that he encounters, that he's learned from Zosima, the Zosima, you know, got from his brother and an encounter with Christ. Uh, and then to say that Ivan loves the world the way that he loves humanity in this broad sense, I, I don't know. It seems like a real cheapening of that idea of, of love. And I, I don't actually, 
I'm not positive that he, he says, I can love the world because you love the world. I think there, there's something more of, I think of you and, and I love you. He doesn't exactly say why, I'm, but I don't know that it's that you love the world, so I love the world. Maybe, maybe there's somewhere else in the text that, that actually says that, but to me it's more, I, I love you, which these brothers are constantly saying to each other, and you think, what do you even mean? <laughs> Honestly, you know, they're always kissing each other on the lips and saying, I love you, and they're like, you do? What? I, 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 I don't get it, to be honest. And then when he says, I'm going to come and find you before I'm 30 and I dash the cup to the ground, I, that I just, I don't know, I read, I, to me that sounds like the most annoying of annoying sort of like, oh, it's all about me, uh, and I'm going to come and find you, and he's got this grand idea, like he's still hoping that Alyosha's going to engage him somehow, uh-huh, because uh-huh. He, he's delighted by the gesture, right, you know, when, when Alyosha kisses him, that's plagiarism, uh, cried Ivan, highly delighted, <laughs> he's not upset about that, he's just, oh, an homage to my poem. You're, um, you're playing the game too, right? Yeah. So I, I, to me, he's he's that sort of playful sense of somebody who knows they're arguing about something that's very serious, but isn't yet willing to cede any of the ground that they need to to make progress on it. Hmm. So I think it's his immaturity that comes through here, because we have to remember that Ivan is. Uh, I don't want to give anything away. With the, whole, <laughs> with the Holocaust scene, when with the profession of love and all that—is that before this or after this? To Katerina, to 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 where, where Alyosha basically outs him for having yeah. loved that um, Katya. Yeah, is that earlier than this? Earlier, I think yeah. I'm losing my. Yeah, and then, the and he get, takes their hands and puts them together. Right. Yeah, that's like, right. It's like, what are you doing? You're such a fool, Alyosha. And yeah, that's right. That's like but I mean, in, in in that in that chapter, they're commenting on. Uh, you know, Ivan looks it looks his age because he's what twenty. So young, eight, yeah. No, he's not even twenty-eight. He, Dimitri's no. twenty-eight. 20, no, he's like twenty-four. He's like twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So Kazalios is like twenty. Twenty. I think so he's, he's twenty. Like twenty-four. Twenty-four. Twenty-two. But he's quite young, and I think that I don't know. Mm-hmm. This was, and maybe I bring too much personal experience of, uh, I didn't go to a uh, Catholic university where, like, I was the only Catholic in my whole university experience, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, right? So I I would have these discussions with people, um, and there's, I mean, there's nobody like the Irish um, who can feel like they they have the right to, like, pronounce on everything that has to do with the church, uh, and you can't argue with them because you're just a dumb American, you don't have Um, So... I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a lot more skeptical of everything you want yeah, to well, say. I mean, not to, not think, to undercut anything, but I, mean, I think I think one. And I, th- I mean, I think this is on. on per- so we mentioned this, like the very the very first thing we, we said about the book was that this is the, the the favorite novel of the greatest modern atheist as well as the greatest modern Christians, right? right which is which is a which is a great. A great accomplishment of Dostoevsky mm-hmm. is that you can have the exact same plot mm-hmm. be one which um, the most like ardent atheist sees as sort of the grist to the atheist charge or mill, and and the um, th- that exact same plot is sort of the the, the motivation behind. 
Christianity itself, it seems for for, but but it, it all sort of is in how how it's read, and I think um, that is partly what might be at stake in this whole this whole thing. You you see one and the same reality, but different people. You actually you don't see one. You 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 look at the same appearances, mm-hmm. and one person sees one reality there, and the other sees a different reality um, there. And so that um, I mean, this came up a little bit in, in actually not even the paper uh, that he discusses with Zos and himself. Um, but I I'm I mean I'm I mean I'm inclined to to, to think that that Ivan is. He's sort of in jest, but he's also greatly pained by these real questions, and yet he he's sort of pained because he doesn't really think they can really be answered, um, and so he, he doesn't want to put too much weight into it. But yet at the same time, I I do read him as legitimately being concerned with only one person, at least here, and that's Alyosha. Alyosha seems to be the only person that sort of has any any place in, in his in his heart. Everyone else is just kind of there. Um, and and I I, 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 mean, I don't want to say too much, but in the Zosma chapter, I think what's being proposed is that's enough for the entire, the entire world to be redeemed for Ivan is to have one individual in that person's life which is capable of being loved by that individual. That then, that then means that the whole world can then be seen and re- sort of restructured, so to speak, for that person in a completely different light. And it looks like, I even, of course, isn't doing that here, but he's at least open to, um, open to that. Um, I don't think that happens until, like, well, I don't want to say if it happens or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, but... Okay. Okay. Um, but but yeah. But I. It looks like I I take this as Ivan actually does love Alyosha, um, but he doesn't really think there's too much involved in that. Except on on your idea, there is there is the possibility of of me loving things. Whether that's going to actually happen or not, mm-hmm. who knows? But but you. You'll be with me. I'll sort of always be thinking of you. Maybe that's why he's like, "I'll come and see you." And, uh, I, I kind of just kind of joking, but I, I take it as um, he's legitimately concerned with Alyosha and and his place in Ivan's life, um, which I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe that's giving Ivan too 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 much seriousness. Um, but given the conversation he had er, has earlier. Um, with Zosima, I, I took him as earnest, um, uh, and so I, 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 I don't know, I, I'm inclined to think the vast majority of this might not be that earnest, except at the end here, when he sees how serious Alyosha is about this, that kind of affects him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I can totally see the way you're saying it too, John. Uh, but I, even if even if it's that way, I still think that there's a glimpse of, of serious hope, because there's continually glimpses of seriousness in Ivan. Sure. And 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 hope that there's an answer to his question of rebellion. 
Um, which goes back, like you were saying, Andy, to the, um, the Zosima section where he, he, everybody kind of is weirded out, not weirded out, but they're like surprised at his uh, sort of like uh, clinging to Zosima, talking about how he's doing all this and he doesn't really believe any of the stuff he's writing in the magazine articles. Then there's the weird smile that he gives um, uh, and, and says, there, there, there's a weird smile at some point, I don't remember, but I remember Alyosha noting it and thinking, I've never seen him look that way before. And then there's the, there's the comment that he makes at the beginning where he says, you know, maybe you can save me from this. Um, and uh, he gives another weird smile. And so, so I think even though he's, he might be youthful, he might be um, sort of tongue-in-cheek with, with everything he's saying, um, I think he's, he's using that to hide something that's authentic underneath it all. Mm -hmm. And that something authentic did happen with Alyosha kissing him that makes him think, maybe there is an answer to this. Even if he continues to sort of protect his heart by, you know, sly smiling and joking. and right. uh, um, So I think it could be that way. I think it could be that way. But I think either way, there's going to be some glimpse of hope, I think, that's happening in Ivan. At least that's the way I'm taking it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I think the next the next two chapters I think you get a little insight into the inner life of Ivan which leads you to see that he, he's actually um, beating himself up inside and I think it's it's the slow beating himself up inside that leads to well, whatever happens in the book titled Ivan yeah 11 and, and so I, I think he's, you only get, I mean, this is, I know jumping ahead, but you only get to this, these events, by like the slow, like, um, I'm being in jest, but at the same time realizing there's something that I'm hiding by being in jest. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, so I think, I think yeah, he's kind of like, like ha has this, I know I'm not being sincere with my, myself, but I also um, can't be serious about this, mm -hmm. um, and it's and it it's Alyosha's seriousness that that sort of makes that all the worse mm -hmm. uh, for him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've all been in situations yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I've have ever had the maturity of Alyosha just to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna treat you with active love here, man. <laughs> Yeah, you're trying to talk about like this thing that's happened, you know, that you read in the Gospels, and it's really moving. And then the person you're talking to is like making jokes about no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know, I, I, but so I, I don't know. I think that the the um, there's a complexity in inside Ivan that um, I don't think rules out either of these these readings mm -hmm. and I kind of want I I tend to interpret him way in one way and it's probably to the, the fault of taking him too serious but that would also then undermine what's to come I don't want to reveal too much but I think it's it helps to interpret what's here by some insight of what's going on okay mm -hmm. there's there's something there's turmoil in his life put it that way 
and and I don't think you that would make any sense without there being the seeds of turmoil early on. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just. I'm also glad that Alyosha explained that not all of Rome is is like this. <laughs> yeah. Just the worst parts. Just, just the, the Jesuits. Just the Jesuits. <laughs> well. <laughs> no, but it is interesting. I I, I actually yeah. found that that comment interesting. Where this is page two eighty nine. Uh, that's he says. He, he says. Uh, he says the whole poem's absurd. Your poem is in praise of Jesus, not in blame of him, as you meant it to be. And who will believe you about freedom? Is that the way to understand it? That's not the idea in the Orthodox Church. That's Rome, and not even the whole of Rome. It's false. Those are the worst of the Catholics, the Inquisitors, the Jesuits. Um, but there's a recognition that not, like, uh, no matter what beef the Orthodox has with the Rome, with the West, um, not all people in the West are like this, right? And uh, and I think, you know, us in the West here should think the same way about the East. Like, uh, no matter what beef we have about the East, not all people in the East are like the way, the sort of caricature of, of the East that we have for them, um, that there's real authentic Christianity being lived in this. And that's true in Protestantism and, 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 and everything, right? And I, I, think, I think there's something uh, that Alyosha sees about living love um, that's possible in Christianity um, even in sort of a messed up environment, which I guess is kind of the world, right? <laughs> so I, I, I appreciated that he said that. Um, and uh, uh, sorry for all those Jesuits out there. <laughs> well, and then even later, even later he did, uh, in that paragraph, he says, you know, we know the Jesuits. They're spoken ill of, but surely they're not what you describe. They're not that at all, not at all. They're simply the Romish army for the earthly sovereignty of the world. <laughs> <laughs> They're not about lofty melancholy. They're really just about material gains. So, like, back off. <laughs> yeah. but, and even, but the question, too, when he says, who will believe you about freedom? I, I think if you were to just give somebody the comic book version of the Grand Inquisitor and say, read this and tell me what you think, yeah. I think most people would read it and say, oh, yeah, that's, that's an, like an interesting... Um, uh, you know, scenario here back and forth between Christ and the Inquisitor, but it talks a lot about human freedom because I, certainly in the West, I think that this this notion um, would people rather be free or would they rather be happy? That you know, uh, I don't know. I think if you're if you're honest and you read that, you say, yeah, most most of us would be content, right, to be content, right, and, and not to be free. Right. Now that we take peace, even death, over this awful freedom yeah um so but and and maybe to a reader in 1860 uh, 80 1860 i think 61 is when dostoevsky dies um but even to a reader in the 19th century does this come across as like obviously some sort of a western idea some sort of messed up interpretation of freedom you know what what's the authentically orthodox way to view freedom and I, I was looking forward to talking to you guys about it because I thought well we would talk about freedom not just as um, the ability to choose and do whatever it is that you want but it has to do with your interwoven social connections and obligations to other people mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is is there a different understanding of freedom in the East or a different way of articulating that that you know, 
I don't know, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of, I, I feel like I'm learning what mm-hmm. the East maybe thinks of freedom in Dostoevsky. And there's a question of, is Dostoevsky a real sort of uh, authentic uh, interpretation of the East as a gen- in a general sure. sense or not? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's... Um, I think it's kind of interesting. And I also think that actually nowadays in the West, this question of what is freedom has come up way more. And and that what Dostoevsky is hinting at is what a lot of Westerners are wondering about too. Mm. Whether freedom is 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 not this, you know, if, if, if we want to say that the the modern project, the liberal, the liberal state in its own understanding of freedom, right? The liberal state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that it's that it's failed, right? Um, it's is it because of of a false understanding of freedom, and I, and I think you know people like, you know, I mean, look at the Second Vatican Council's uh, Declaration on Religious Freedom. Uh, look at all sorts of questions of, of what does it mean to be free today, like the Sh- the Schindlerian books. I mean, the DC Schindler is all about this. Mm-hmm. Luigi Giussani, uh, Community and Liberation, right? I mean, I th- there's a huge question of what is freedom. I think in the West. And I think it's asking something along the lines of what's happening here. Um, so I don't know the East, but I think the West is definitely asking this question of what is freedom, and and is it a good thing? And if it is, and, and if it is, in a sense, very central to Christianity, which the Grand Inquisitor seems to be, the whole chapter seems to be assuming, um, then it must mean something more than mere uh, arbitrary nihilistic. Uh, Know, choosing between uh, Coke or Pepsi, <laughs> right, yeah. it's something. It's something much more drastic than that. Right? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Jager, you got any Eastern perspective on this? No, no I, don't. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I find um, uh, the discussion of freedom in um, Dostoevsky seems to be. It's hard to say whether it's it's a an Eastern um, like Eastern versus Western thing, or if it's a modern versus pre-modern, or even uh, beyond modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, and so, so I, I, um, I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of ways you oh, there's a lot of variables in, in the conversation on freedom in modernity because so much is sort of at, at um, up, up, so much is up in the air that it, it's it's hard to, to say is this an eastern view is this a, just a pre-modern view is this a post-modern view because especially in Dostoevsky you get you get I mean strange Sort of, at least a lot of people, unique theology, unique philosophy, but at the same time, it's apparently has ties with like the tradition, and yet a lot of people don't think it's the tradition, and and it's engaged. I don't know. So there's there's a, there seems to be a lot at stake. So I don't I don't know if reading Dostoevsky is the best. If here's a proposal of um, Russian nineteenth century Russian understanding of freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because um, at least in much of his books, he seems to be saying the Russian way 
at least for a lot of Russians, has ceased to actually be Russian. Mm -hmm. uh, that's partly what he seems really annoyed with, mm -hmm. is that Russians have given up on the Russian way. Um, it's usually the Germans' fault, too. Yeah, that Dr. <laughs> Hetchenstuber. <laughs> I can make nothing of it. I can make nothing of it. That's deliberate throughout the whole thing. It's, it's, yeah. Well, I, it, but it's also true with, I mean, and this is, Dostoevsky, again, uh, is, is a prophet, right? Because what, what happens in, in Russia is uh, Marxism, which is German, right? Um, yeah. and, and so the, the Soviet Union is, in a sense, the Marxist project. Um, which is an import. It, it's, it's, it, it comes from, from the outside. But. Mm. Well, well, that about does it. Besides, besides the question of whether or not the Masons are trying to do the Catholic thing, but we won't, we won't get into yeah, that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is also. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> we'll end with some more of the good stuff. 